know. doesn't want happy families because right. he knows the ending of the book and he yeah. knows how he ends. And if that fulfills, well, he's gone, you know? <laughs> Welcome to The Lost Art of Parenting. We are here to help educate, entertain, and encourage regarding all things parenting. We want to help you understand what you are doing and why, so you can increase the odds of raising children who are prepared for life while enjoying your job as a parent and enjoying your children along the way. I am your host, Brittany, and I am here not only with one Kim, but two. (laughs) Today we are talking about all things Barbie, discussing some of the themes from the new Barbie movie. Just note, there will be spoilers. Uh, the Kims I have here are Kim Cross and Kim Peek. Miss Cross, would you like to introduce Mrs. Peek? Oh, hello, everybody. It's so great to be here with my some of my favorite peeps <laughs> and uh, my favorite Peek. Yeah. So I'm here with Kim Peek. She is Pastor Doug's wife and a long friend, longtime friend of mine. So welcome, sweetheart. So yeah. good to see Thanks you. Thanks for not saying old friend. Oh uh, no, longtime friend. <laughs> I don't want. I don't want to use the word old because I'm older than all y'all. Um, but Kim is. She, we go way back. Uh, we connected years and years ago. Um, you were pregnant with one of your kids when I met you. And Kim and I just, I don't know, we've connected, we have a great time, we think alike on a lot of things, a lot of similar values, and uh, we've been longtime friends. And this is a very wise woman to my left um, who has um, a wonderful way of seeing things in biblical, through biblical filters, but also just smart, common knowledge, brilliant woman. So love you, respect you, glad you're here. I could have said the same intro about her. I really could. But no, it's so fun to be here with you both. So thanks for letting me crash the party today. Absolutely. Oh, and course. gosh, you guys, we, we are. We're going there. We're talking about the Barbie movie. Yep. Right. And just yep. FYI, in case you're not watching us, just listening to us, um, I'm the oldest one in the group, but Kim is a few years behind me. And Brittany's not like, far. you know, yeah. how many decades apart are we? It's ridiculous. And no, we've, I feel la- old. we've lapped her quite a few times. <laughs> <laughs> so you're going to come. We're coming with different generational filters, which is yes. good. Yeah. Which is yes. good. Yeah. All right. So Kim Peek, uh, what do you think about the movie? Well, you know, I thought a lot about this movie because when I watched it, I wasn't that positive about the movie overall. And I was thinking why, because I love Barbie. I grew up watching Barbie. I mean, playing with Barbie. And I mean, honestly, we are going to talk about some of the messages, but my favorite thing about the movie were all the outfits she wore and the ones that I wish I had. The outfits were (laughs) really good. So talk about your experience with playing with Barbie because we all did, right? Yep. Okay, oh. so tell us about oh, yours. I was a total Barbie maniac. I mean, I had a regular dresser full of clothes and accessories, and I had, I called it Barbieville. I mean, it was probably, it was an area in our basement that was probably six to eight feet long that was full of the houses, the pools, the, the Corvettes, cars. Yeah, <laughs> everything. And I had so many, and... I loved it. And I I mean, I didn't look at Barbie as like, wow, I wish I looked like her or had that figure. I just, I just loved 
playing all with all the different parts of everything and um, dressing her up. And I had nothing but positive memories. The, the movie was a little shock to my system. Okay. Well, <clears throat> how about you? I'll, I'll end it. But Brittany, how, what was your experience with Barbie? Uh, it was just another toy in my playroom. Honestly, like we played with it. We had fun. But then I outgrew it pretty fast. I only played with it for maybe three or four years, and then I was over it. But I was also the kid that would shove firecrackers into them. Oh, gosh. So a little different audience over here. (laughs) They could have made Toy Story, you know, female version about you, huh? Yes, for sure. Well, it's funny because I didn't play a lot with baby dolls when I was younger. I was more of a tomboy. Barbie came along, and I think what resonated for me was my grandmother made the Barbie clothes for me. My mom was a seamstress, mm-hmm. so she made the clothes. So did mine. Both so, of them. Both yeah, creations. Yeah, super and so sweet. it became this um, family dynamic where my mom and grandmother were involved in uh, helping me be a part of that experience with Barbie, and Barbie became... Yep. It's a, it's a fantasy world that reflected some of the real world things that you're going to do when you get older. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah, yeah. And so to me, that was really fun. And I remember this is embarrassing, but I remember having the little Barbie suitcase where you have the two dolls and the little closet in oh, between. Yeah. I still have one. Yes. And I would walk to my girlfriend's house holding that Barbie thing. <laughs> Amen. And I'm sure people were like, oh my gosh, look at that little girl. That was funny. And the car and all the stuff. Yeah. But to your so we had that in common but to your point I outgrew it pretty quickly mm-hmm. I only did it for a few <clears> years and I was like okay I'm done and I moved on so we all had kind of similar and different experiences yep. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was stuck in bar I I was a resident of Barbieville a little longer <laughs> than you both I think and that's okay it's all you know it's all good it's all good yeah. um so let's get into some of the themes of the yeah. movie ladies yeah, yeah, yeah. you want to talk sure. about the opening scene because it I'll, bothered me too it, it bothered oh, I didn't me. like it I oh you didn't like it. I okay. did not like the we opening scene. Agreed. I wanted to get up and walk out. Actually. It was way too I, violent and didn't set the stage at all for what the rest of the movie exactly. was. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'll set the scene. And so this is one of those spoilers. Uh, I mean, it doesn't really give anything away the movie, but the opening scene it's set in this desolate place where there's just like rocks. I mean, there's there's no sun, there's no sky, there's no trees. It's just all these little girls, like five-year-olds, six-year-olds, dressed up in their little girl dresses, playing with baby dolls. And I thought it was weird because the baby dolls had the ceramic faces, heads. And and when they were all kind of panning these little girls playing with their baby dolls, I thought, I wonder why they have such old time baby dolls. Well, figured out because the the narrator is talking about being a mom and how that was the experience of girls' toys at the time. And then Barbie came on the scene and she walks out and she's like this 30 foot Barbie doll. Full color. Full, yes, full, color, full color in her bathing suit and talked about Barbie coming onto the scene. And how, you know, the girls kind of realized motherhood maybe wasn't all that cracked up as, you know, to be and ask your mom. And the way they said it is like, if you asked your mom, she would not be that excited about being a mom, which made me sad because I loved, I love still being a mom, even though they're all grown. And, um, and so then the girls started 
bashing the babies against the rocks. And I realized why they picked the dolls with the ceramic heads because they shattered. And there was something just disturbing to my mind about seeing these babies just shattering. Death. And I thought that is like how a lot of our society sees motherhood this day and mothers. And, you know, I started thinking about why that bothered me so much. And I started thinking about the stat that's showing in the younger generation, there is a larger growing population of women who never want to have kids. And I thought society in large part has devalued motherhood and that scene was such a vivid description of that. And and honestly, I just hated that message because to me, there is so much value in being a mom. And I love being a mom. And we need moms that just love their kids. I mean, whether you stay at home or whether you work or whether you have one child or five, I mean, all those, those parts of it, okay, but at the core of it, is loving your kids and loving being a mom, whatever that looks like for you. Mm-hmm. And I know it's like different for all three of us. And loving and being a mom can still come with hardships. Oh, it, yeah. That's Motherhood is sacrificial. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. So, so that was kind of the opening scene and just, I, I think that just kind of set the tone in a negative way for me. So. What surprised me is the kids seemed happy taking care of the baby dolls. And then when she dropped down, they kind of got angry. Oh my gosh. And then they started bashing the babies. And that was completely opposite of what that. the movie then later. Yeah. And you're not a mom with babies the whole motherhood. That's a phase. Right. And then there's different phases. And yes, there's easy parts and hard parts about being mm-hmm. a mom at no matter what age yeah. you're dealing with. Very good point. But to to bash motherhood to show the violence, it, it was child abuse in a yeah. in a cartoony mm-hmm. way, but yeah. it was still disturbing. And I remember leaving the movie and the first thing I looked over and there was this row of little girls sitting there with their sodas and their junk food and they're watching this. And I thought, wow, what message did they take mm-hmm. away? It that was would be disturbing. interesting. Yeah. yeah. Would be it's interesting definitely a movie too. I wouldn't even show my 15 year old. Yeah, that's what I thought. And, and to the point of the movie, yes, it's a parody. Yes, it's a little sarcasm. Yes, it's there's some humor in it. I understand mm-hmm. the sarcasm and the play on words and themes, and I understand where right. they're coming from with that. But the underlying messages that were a little subliminal were disturbing yeah. to me. And some of those messages weren't even quiet. Yes, they some were, just, were in your face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but yet, like you say, it was kind of clothed in like. It's a fun movie. It's a parody. Mm-hmm. It's for girls, and and it's like, it's but there was a nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Yeah, yeah, that kind of mm-hmm. contradicted. I thought these serious messages that we as a society are contending with. Uh-huh. Well, how Absolutely. do you do that in a preschool level when you're teaching them? Right, you teach with play. You teach with fun. You teach with mm-hmm. right. So that's a perfect opportunity to send these messages out to these little girls yeah, that are subliminal, but, uh, very, Soaking very it all poignant in. and, it's and not destructive. Even, yeah. And it's not even the little girls, it's little boys too, which Kim cross, we're going to get into right now with like, how does the movie portray men? Ooh, that was the other thing that disturbed me. <laughs> how about you girl? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, God creates male and female. We are different. Our brains are different. Our gifts and talents are different. Our purpose on earth is different. And that's great. I I celebrate the differences because we need men who are men. We need women who are women. That's Mm -hmm. just my personal stance. But it's a movie that does a parody again on men 
who look dependent on Barbie, weak, a little feminine, uh, not brave and courageous and protective, more insecure subservient. and subservient. Yeah. Yes. And I, I don't want to get into the whole women's movement and, you know, uh, toxic masculinity, any of that. It's just the movie portrayed men that, to me, didn't look or act or speak or behave like men. What was your thought? Yeah, I agree. It, it was like, and it had to be extreme. The, you know, the, the men were just, as you said, in Barbie world. And then Barbie goes to the real world where it kind of made it seem like the real world is the total opposite, mm -hmm. that only men are, you know, kind of, uh, you know, macho, and they have to always lead, and, and women can't rise to the level they want to. It was like one or the men. other. Yeah, it was right. the, the two extremes. And so I felt like it was kind of a caricature. And again, you know, there was some fun in that too. Yeah, they're poking fun at Yeah, it. poking fun, mm -hmm. which is great. But again, it's such a serious message that we need to contend with and it's and, and so uh, yeah that that or, and, and maybe a little bit of a confusing message yeah and and you know it showed like the main character ryan gosling when he came back to barbie world and it's kind of like the men finally got their head straight or whatever right and and he said well i only wanted to be a man like that in the real world because i thought they got horses and i was just like what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, he had totally went and like acted like only the men can be doctors. Can I just go do a, an appendectomy surgery? And the woman doctor is like, no. He's like, well, show me a doctor. I am a doctor. No, I want to see a doctor. And a real doctor. Like, right. A real doctor. And so it's like he couldn't, you know, in the real world, he could only see that men took over and controlled. But yet he came back. He's like, well, I just thought that was so I could get a horse. I'm like. Uh, okay, that's a little... To me, it was hard. their identity came from the cultural expectations. Their identity came from other people's expectations. Their identity wasn't in Christ. Their yeah. identity wasn't in who who is a male. How did men... Uh, how did God create males and why? What's their purpose? It was more about their hairstyle and don't wear a shirt uh, and have a six-pack. <laughs> and a if you are wearing beard. a shirt, it's... <laughs> you know, neon or pink. I mean, it was just, the hair was dyed. It was very confusing. Yeah. And, and also it didn't show how men and women's roles when they're in a healthy relationship, complement each other and build each other up. Exactly. Oh, and that was not anywhere in the movie. Yeah. Ever. Where yeah. was family? Where was moral integrity? Well, Where were values? Well, for a scene, they got rid of the family. Right. With the crushing of the babies. Yeah. So of course yeah. they're not going to show how well women and men can intertwine and how it makes it beautiful and work together as a team mm -hmm. and complement each other's strengths and weaknesses. Yeah. yeah. The other thing that bothered me, and I'm sure you guys picked up on it was when they said we had a um, Barbie that was pregnant. We got rid of her really fast. Oh, or and when then she the jumped out and scared woman? him. Yeah. At, later on in the movie. And then, yeah. They came back to that. What? Two or three, four times yeah. about that. that and was... then the real world pregnant woman and they all looked over and went, ew, Oh my goodness, yeah. that bothered me. That irritated yeah. me a lot. Again, just the whole motherhood being being devalued. Like it takes, so. as society says, it takes a village to raise your kids, but don't have kids because we're not going to give you that village. It's like, what what do you want from us? Yeah, yeah. No. Dress well, just be career minded, just focus on money, and family is secondary. And it's like, no, 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 right. no. Right. But I thought the movie did do a good job of portraying, which I think you're going to get into next, Brittany 
how women are really wrestling with those contradictions yes. in society between it's motherhood a real and career thing yeah. yeah and and i totally see that i see that in my um daughter who's um in her mid 20s now just how she's wrestled through each of those messages and i know it's a real thing so i mean i thought that brought that to the forefront which is good um th- there was just kind of a lot to wade through to get there I, and in I order guess. to balance the two don't devalue one over the other is right, what i right, walked away right. with you can do both yeah. Yeah. and maybe you can't do 100 percent career and 100 percent mom and it is an it is a balance and there's yeah. sacrifice and you have to weigh the age of the child and all those there's a lot of factors there but to your point we have daughters that are almost the same age mm-hmm. and my daughter went the career route and now she's yeah. pregnant yeah and she said mom i just want to be home as much as i can in those early years I can always go back to a career and I thought that's a good way to balance that yeah. but that's for her yeah I was a working mom but I had to strike that balance just like you did just like mm-hmm. you have right so oh, what 100%. do you think what was your take on that um the whole well the whole mom work-life balance thing is just there's always a way and it's not just the moms either it's like they're degrading Mm. men so much that fathers also feel like they can't choose to be part of their family and have a career like it's a balance between both which is why it's so important to show the positivity between female and men coming together um gloria's speech uh monologue towards the end of the movie which is um sasha's mom the one that was drawing the depressed barbies that brought barbie to the real world which Honestly, I would love to play with a depressed Barbie now, but, um, <laughs> and I do think weird Barbie was my favorite, um, <laughs> which they actually make now. Yeah. Yeah. They it's do. Actually real of thing. course. Yeah. I'm sure depressed Barbie will be coming, but <laughs> uh, I don't know. Um, but she goes in to say all of these rules that we have to follow. Like I'll just read the first little bit where you have to be thin, but not too thin. You can never say what you want. Or you can never say you want to be thin, but you have to say you want to be healthy, but also you have to be thin. Um, And she goes in more and it goes into behavior and motherhood and sisterhoods. And I, what I got from that whole monologue was that's exactly how I felt throughout my early uh, motherhood years and finding my career path, like, and especially being on social media that whole time with Facebook and Instagram, that's pushed into us. And it's as a millennial you're talking yes, about. Yes, as yeah. a millennial. And growing up in a confused Christian household where one side was more legalism Christian and the other side was like, yeah, there's a God, but we're not going to actually do anything about it. Um, these were the standards that I grew up living by. Mm-hmm. And the only way society is going to change these standards that everybody who believes in Jesus or doesn't is they, they just need a spiritual awakening because this is going to be your life. If you're not going to recognize that there is a higher power that it has love for you and it's not a negative entity trying to just yell at you. Like he's like, guys, come on. I love you. I created you on purpose. I created you with roles and you need, and this is the way to happiness. But if you're not going to listen, then the culture is going to teach you, right? Right. And you're going to be sad. Yeah. And these cultural expectations, I, when I read the monologue and listened to it again, I, it was, um, hopeless it was you have to, it was expectations, it was meaningless, it was really depressing. Yeah. 
And I thought, wow, these this we've fallen into the trap of cultural expectations mm-hmm. over how did God created us? What is our identity in Christ? How can we use him and rely on him and and lean on him when things get hard instead of going to those cultural expectations that are impossible to meet? Yeah. I found it really depressing. Yeah. No, that that's a, a really um, good point. I, I like both your points. And I mean, to what you're saying, I feel like is what I thought is like, it's a no win situation. Mm-hmm. Right. And I hate those. I mean, I hate when there's a no win situation. It's I hopeless. Mean, yeah, yeah. Hopeless. Uh, but to your point, and, and I said, I love the outfits and that was my favorite thing, which it was, but I also think it was positive that that was in there because it like it put it front and center. Like this really is a good way to show what society is dealing with and what women yes. are wrestling with. And, and you, you got to name it before you can kind of look at it and, and solve it. Right. So, mm-hmm. and, and as far as like men and women in our, you know, and in, in my marriage, it's like, if, if we look at it, it can kind of be fun to work that out. Right. It can be fun to work out those roles and how it's going to look. And, and I know for me, we had kids when I was in my twenties and I was a total stay at home mom and then we had a surprise 10 years later and Doug had more flexibility. And so we kind of switched some things and I worked. And so I had both experiences, right? which was kind of fun that we were able to kind of do, you know, act two and, yeah. and, and change up kind of how we did things. But if we look at it that way, it, it can be like an adventure together, right? Yeah. But because um, there can be hope, like, you know, instead of the hopelessness, there can be a way to work through these things. Although somewhat as a mom, you always have things you're, you're wrestling with because you want to do the best for your kids. Right? Well, parenting yes. is hard. It's the hardest job on the planet. Mm-hmm. So you're never going to be perfect. You're never going to do it perfectly. But when you go upstream with values, what do you value? What are you intentional about your parenting? Yeah. Do you have a plan? Do you have skills mm-hmm. in place? Do you have goals? It makes it much easier, right? And if you have a partner and you can flex with your life circumstances mm-hmm. and adjust accordingly, there mm-hmm. isn't some template in this speech that says you have to, you must, mm-hmm. you can never. It's always, it's so definitive. And it comes across as truth and it's not truth. And so, um, yeah, I, I, had a, I had a tough time with what that subliminal message was that culture is defined instead of define it for yourself or define it through your faith in Christ and what he says we are. Don't let the culture define what right. we are. Yeah. Right. You are in the world, but you're not of the world. Correct. And I, and this was one of those moments I thought, wow, girls that are like hearing this, it's like, what do they do with this? How it's depressing. Like, exactly. It's like, they're, they're looking like, oh, they're either not getting it because they're too young or they're like looking at it saying, wow, that's what I have to And to your point, yeah. Brittany, Brittany, you grew up with this, right? Mm-hmm. Being a millennial. And the, yep. there's a backlash, isn't there? Oh, yeah, for sure. Like you, mm, um, <laughs> being a really young mom, like when Mason and I were together, we agreed we weren't going to have any children. No way. Yeah. And now oh here we are gosh. with four. <laughs> um, I had no idea. They were all accident babies but um <laughs> surprise <laughs> yes 
But, but I'm you seem so, to love being a mom. Oh, I do. And I'm so thankful that God had bigger plans for me. Because they weren't accidents. No. Yeah. Of course, yeah, they're right. not accidents, yeah. right? They're just happy but surprises. But at the time, you're just like kind of, whoa, what's happening? Yeah. Right, right. And I needed to re I needed to learn how to parent alongside like my two oldest kids have a totally different mom than my two younger kids do mm-hmm. and um society doesn't want moms to grow up and reparent themselves oh, they the woke society wants you to stay in this turmoil because the woke society is run kind by of just Satan a really? cycle yeah. that you can right? never get out of. Satan yeah. doesn't want happy families because right. he knows the ending of the book and he yeah. knows how he ends. And if that fulfills, well, he's gone, you know? Man, I just keep thinking, Brittany, preach it. I, I know. Go, girl. It's, well, it's true. And <laughs> yeah. I remember in the, the neighborhood I grew up with, I did things very differently than most of my friends and most of my neighbors, and I was criticized for it. That's ridiculous. You're pouring into your kids. You're the one that's always, you know, holding them accountable. Uh, Just don't worry about it, Kim. Let it go. And I was like, nope. I knew knew what my job was. I knew there was sacrifice involved with being a mom. And I knew my end goal. And Mm -hmm. I stayed my course. And I did what I knew was right or what God taught me to do as a parent. And it ended up very well. Not perfect. Not saying that at all. But if we don't have a course and we don't have values and we don't pay attention to how God set this whole family thing up, moms, dads, and how we parent, we will get off course very quickly because the culture will suck us in. Mm -hmm. And then we get resentful and now we have regrets and we have remorse and we have destruction. And that's what I don't want people to walk away with with this movie. And I still get made fun of for that, even now, like my whole life. Yeah. Yeah, you're too uptight. You're too strict with your kids. You're sheltering them too much. They're going to turn out weird. Yeah. And you know what? Okay. They yeah. can turn Thanks out weird. For sharing. That's yeah. fine. Yeah. Because at least their weird is wholesome. Yeah. <laughs> well, in a good for way. me, it's like <laughs> the most positive message I could share in, you know, response to all these messages we talked about is that what kept me on course, which is similar to what you just said, is my why. It's not like my all my goals laid out, but it's like my why. And and for me and Doug and I talked about it, you know, it is that our our kids would be um, the uh, most important thing in our decisions about jobs and money and everything, uh, you know, what they needed. And that we said we will make it so that always one of us is available to them, Correct. you know, to, to call Mm-hmm. And and I realize, like, you know, military families bless their hearts. You know, that's not always pos- possible, right? right? So I'm not saying it has to be that way. Could be a grandparent there, or somebody yeah, else. There yeah, there are situations. We lived here. We didn't have any extended family at the time. So we're like, we have to, you know, design our lives so that always one of us is available. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, their education will be, uh, you know, at the you know, a priority. So we had, I had my whys, which helped me make decisions, right? Which could change from year to year. But for me, it's like my why was my answer to this type of wrestling through things, if that makes yeah. sense. And I think yeah. what's really important as we wind this up is that, again, parents, you need to have a, a plan. You need to know, have structured goals. What are your intentions? Mm-hmm. What are you trying to launch out the door when that mm-hmm. kid is 18? What is mm-hmm. your end product? And then how do you get there? Don't just wing it. 
right? Don't listen to the cultural tense, trends. Some of them could be correct. A lot of them are not. So I called it my five C's. It's actually the seven C's, but I called it the five <laughs> C's. So my big thing was character. Am I teaching them character traits that I value and that my husband at, at the time when he was alive that we, that we valued? Am I teaching them to be competent? Am I teaching them to be confident, right? Not arrogant. Confident is different. Do they have strong convictions? What do they value? What do they believe in? And do they have um, that um, common sense, right? That's they're not just listening to things, evaluate it, think about it. Is this true or not? And that they have the, um, not just the, the, it's compassion for others. It's not just about self. Do you have compassion for others? So there was a lot of intentionality to that, that I think you did the same. And I think Brittany, you did the same. And we have kids that reflect those Mm -hmm. values, Mm -hmm. which is great. Um, but I just, I, gosh, you guys, this has been amazing. I'm sure there's way more to talk about. So with fun. This. Oh, so but much. But we're more. running out of time. But Kim, thank you for joining us oh. and bringing us your insight and your your wisdom. Thank you for letting me. Seriously. Of course, anytime. This is this the most great to have her back. Week. You have to come back sometime. <laughs> I would love to. I and love I love to. that we have different ages, different perspectives, yeah. different experiences, yeah. but that we walked away with some similar takeaways. Yes, there was parody. Yes, there was humor. But what was the underlying message? And it it was bothersome that it undermined motherhood. Mm-hmm. That's And I think the last tips that you two gave are going to be very helpful for moms listening to this to raise free thinkers who can look at the Barbie movie and laugh and not conform to what they're saying. That's a good so, way to put it. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you both for joining us on this episode and thank you all for listening. Thanks everybody. Day.